the Bar is a podcast for dance studio owners by dance studio owners. Every week, we seek to unpack what is happening in our lives, our businesses, our hearts, and our minds. Sometimes we take a serious tone, other weeks, not so much. Either way, we hope you feel encouraged, supported, motivated and uplifted by simply knowing you are not alone. Join us at the bar. Hello everybody and welcome. It's Miss Jane here and I'm very excited because today um, I'm moving away from being at the bar to a new little idea that I had called Centre Stage where I'm bringing um, either current dance studio owners or um, past dance studio owners to the centre of the stage to tell us about what they're doing. And today I'm joined by Danny Miller. Hello. Hello, how are you? I am good. I'm just going to change this so we've got us both here for a while, just while we get started. Um, so Danny and I have known each other for a while. I did the maths, Danny, because I'm, I like to prepare. So it was towards the end of 2017 that I first met you face to face because we were both part of a mastermind group um, working with dance studio owners at the time, that was in Melbourne. Um, so it has been a couple of years, but in that time you have um, undergone quite a few changes, But and I'll let you tell that story, that's yours to tell. Um, but when I met you, you were a dance studio owner. So do you want to just kind of, I guess, talk a little bit about what you were doing when we met at that time and what you're doing now? All right. Yeah, so I um, used to own Bay of Plenty Performing Arts, which was in Tauranga in New Zealand. Um, I built that up from like nothing, from zero. So moved down to Tauranga, knew pretty much no one except my boyfriend at the time. Um, and thought I'll start a dance studio. <laughs> so, Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I built that up, I think to it, its max, it was like just over 300 students. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of last year, an opportunity came up to sell the studio. Yeah. Um, and we decided to take that. So now it's merged with another great studio down here and it's yeah. thriving and it's new building. And I'm lucky I still get to teach there one night a week. So I still mm. get to work with our competition students and, um, That's nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. you're not you've not kind of cut off completely. Um, you've still got that connection. And I also looked up um, Bay of Plenty because of I'm obviously in Australia, and there was that talk of a New Zealand Australian travel bubble. Yeah. And I I love travel. I just and I love taking my families my families, I've only got one, thank God that's enough, my family overseas and around. And so Brian and I were talking about New Zealand. So I was like, but I know people in New Zealand. So I looked it up and girl, it is, wow, we, we might have to visit. It is so pretty, isn't it? What what made you move there? Was it just a change of pace that you were after? Um, I'd been in Sydney for 12 months. Mm. And then while I was in Sydney, I met a man who lived in Mount Monganui and I thought uh I'm not going to make the move straight away so I came back and did a year in Auckland um and then I think part of the reason as well is I've always looked at the area because it wasn't as saturated mm. in terms of dance studios of course yeah I, I knew in the back of my head I always wanted to have my own studio the yep. Auckland market there's a studio on every corner where I lived right um but yeah it was a man who got me down here 
Yeah, um, they do that. <laughs> they do that, and it's not always yeah. bad. <laughs> but it's beautiful, like the beach across the road, and mm. yeah, it's really, really nice. I couldn't go back to Auckland. No, funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it was all part of it was all part of the journey. And so now you have um, your your teacher in schools. We were just chatting about that, um, but you also run on point social. So what kind of made you drift? And and you can talk about what what that does, that business does, and and kind of what made you drift towards working in the social market, the social media market. Um, I think it all started. It was another one of the. Um of retreats that we were on I think and there was a lady who came along um, and spoke about social media and I think from that point I was hooked I kind of straight away started actioning um, a kind of social media plan for money yeah. for arts um, really really got into it um, enjoyed kind of the blogging and things um, yeah. and then also the, like the Facebook ads that I've always loved creating Facebook ads and copy for that. You're probably the only person that said that whole <laughs> sentence right there. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I had other dance studio owners start saying, oh, you know, I would get you to do my social. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, there goes the well, There they go. Mine will, mine will join in probably. That's all fun. We're dog um, mums. It's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... I went over to New York and was talking to some people like studio owners over there and they were like, well, yeah, can you do my social? Um, so I kind of started to realize why I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, maybe I'm not too bad at this. And yes, I actually, when I was in New York, I had all the branding done for yeah. on point social. Yeah. Um, but it was just too busy with the dance studio and nothing ever came of it. So mm. it was locked down here Perfect. Like I should actually do something about this. Action it, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, lockdown's been um, – I was actually laughing with my family the other night because I've, you know, been writing lots of emails for Dance Step, my other company, and I'm saying, you know, how are you going through COVID um, shutdown? But every time I typed it, uh, I was typing shit down. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been moments of that, right? It just felt like a shit down. Uh, and then I was like, delete, delete, delete. But – um, you know, there has been some new beginnings as well and, and just allowing you the time to focus on this has been really nice to watch. Like it's, it's And I love the branding because it's so colourful. I love, love, love it. Um, and, yeah, I can certainly resonate with that. I've, I've found that I've been able to launch a few things that I just would never have got round to had I not had that forced um, time. So before we jump further into social and because oh, man, there's a lot there. Before we get kind of too much into the hustle, I I am rejecting hustle. The older I get, I used to very much be like uh, trying to get as much done in a short amount of time and work, work, work. But I'm very much I reject that now. So I'm very keen to find out what other people do to relax. What do you do when you're not working? um my main thing is the gym which has been ongoing a couple of years now yeah Um, an addictive yeah (laughs) yeah Uh addictive to lifting heavy uh, lifting heavy weights Um, but I find it's the only time in my day I completely shut off from everything else I've got going on so good Um, I could use last week last week was crazy yeah, um, I was exhausted, and I like got up. You know, when you get out, I get teary when I'm really tired. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> so I got uh-huh. out of bed, and I was like almost crying. And my <laughs> Wayne's going, "You don't need to go to the gym," and I'm going, "I do, I, I have do." To go. Mm. Um, and it was like five thirty in the morning. 
I got to the gym, but by the end of it, it set me up for the day. So yeah, I think, yeah. Back, back to being high on life, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know whether I read it or somebody said it to me, but I often have um, a resistance to go to the gym just because it's kind of one more thing on my list. But I, I had this thing in my head from somewhere that's like you never regret the workout you did. Mm. And so that's kind of my thing. I'm like, I just have to get there. And then I know that I'll be like, yeah. Um, yeah. I do not lift heavy weights like you. I am soft <laughs> as. Um, but I love to swim and I love to, yeah, get all the happy endorphins. So I can, I can resonate with that. Um, and what is a motto or saying that you live by? Um, I think one I always come back to and I put it on all of my social posts is yeah. just Hashtag be yourself. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think it's so easy, especially in this kind of social media world, to get sucked into things and mm. trying to see someone doing this, oh, I need to do that. And But really just staying true to yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's thing, I think as I've gone on, I know when I had my studio, I was always watching other studios thinking, I'm not doing this good enough. And oh, I should be doing this. But just how important it is just to be you. Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. So the reminders yeah. are, are so useful. And, you know, I like to think I'm fairly strong and kind of in my lane and I'm I'm with you. It's it's the advice I give people all the time. But every time I say to somebody else, stay in your lane, put your blinkers on, I'm saying it to myself because we're just exposed to so much more than we have been in the past. You know, we never knew what was going on in, in other studios. So we just did our thing and hoped that it was what our customers needed. Whereas now, yeah, there's just little distractions everywhere and um, it's, it's harder, but I think you're, you're spot on. It's so important. Mm. Um, so you've moved to managing social media and creating content, obviously for your own, your own brand and for others. Um, we're all trying to do it. So dance studio, I'm still, you know, in the start, dance studio ownership field. Um, mm. We're all trying to do it. I just find that it's so time-consuming. So do you have any, I guess, hacks or tips on how we can navigate that? Because for me, it's like I know I've got to do it. Maybe it's a little bit like exercise. I, I know I've got to do it. I know it benefits me. I know it benefits the business, but it's just always there and I don't always get around to it. So one day I, I'm on those stories like nobody else, you know, and I'm like, I'm killing this and then it will go days and it'll be like, oh, there's nothing happening. So do you have any mm -hmm. hacks for how we can just go, how we can be better at it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is being prepared. Yeah. Um, I know when I had the studio, if I hadn't put in the time say at the start of the month or leading up to a new month, my social media would have been all over the place. Cause if I yeah. left it thinking about it each day, it would always get either put to a lower priority or something mm. else um, would happen or I'd forget about it. So I used to create, and I still do this now um, for my clients is creating a content calendar. So planning yeah. the month in advance, what are we going to post on each day? Um, and then looking at that content calendar and going, okay, so what, what photos do we need? What video content do we need? Um, you know, blogs, trying to um, pre-write the blogs. Yeah. So you're not going, I don't know, it's Monday blog day and I haven't even written a blog yet. Yeah. So it's investing that time, I think, in a chunk. Um, so blocking out 
couple of hours on a day towards the start of a new month and getting that all done. Um, once the content's ready, like definitely investing in some kind of um, online scheduling software. Yeah. Um, so that way the post is just going up and you don't even need to think about them. Mm, mm, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's that being organized in advance. So it's not become like something you do on a whim each day or I need to post something, snap a photo in the studio, throw it up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Okay. So we've got to take uh, a really proactive approach instead of a reactive. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Just, it is. Um, I think maybe like previously I've been in, I've had my dance studio for 15 years and I feel like my Instagram is another pet like I love my pets but I don't love my Instagram it's like another pet I have to feed it every day you know I have to give it love and attention and it's like almost the pet I didn't want um but I know that it there's value in it but I think because we don't see it straight away what do you think you know whereas when I first started and that's where I got going before I I diverted when I first started, I put an ad in the paper. It cost a huge amount of money. Like it was always a scary, like it was in the thousands, and this was 15 years ago, to run over three weeks in the local paper. But I could always see that return because people would say to me when they rang, oh, I saw your ad in the paper. And, you know, I'd put that ad in on a Thursday. People knew that's when enrolments were, were coming out. And like that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the phone would ring off the hook. But I feel like with social media, we're putting ourselves out into the world, but the return doesn't seem to be quite so direct. Um, so what do you think, you know, what are the benefits? Why should we be doing it, I guess? What, what yes. do you see the benefits from us kind of focusing in on this? Uh, so I always say people are always watching. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds bad, actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, so uh, people need to see things multiple times mm -hmm. before, or hear things multiple times before they're going to invest their money in it. Um, so I think that's part of it. And there, there can be people just sitting watching your account. Yeah. They might never like something. They might never comment on something, but they're watching. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you invest in a paid ad and that's their time they click and that comes mm -hmm. through. Um, yeah. The other side of it is building the audience so that when you say are going to invest in something like a paid ad, yeah. you've got that, um, the engagement there and the audience is built up already. Yeah. Um, and then I've gone blank now. I was going to say yeah. something. Else. I went off on that different tangent. See, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but it's, I, I guess what you're saying is it's about, like in some ways it's better than what I was doing 15 years ago because it is, warming them up isn't it it's yeah. like getting it's to know game. each other yeah it's a long yeah. game but hmm. i don't know I'm not so great at that i'm i <laughs> preach about delayed gratification to my students i teach ballet it's like the world's best example of delayed gratification you know hey start when yeah. you're three and maybe you might be okay when you're 12. um yeah but so okay so it's a long game so we just need it sounds to me like when we're probably not planning enough like i follow well, I did. I've unfollowed a lot of dance studios because of shiny object syndrome. But yep. um, it, it looked like we're probably not being as consistent as we need to be if that's the benefit. So you're saying pre-plan because the benefit is a long-term gain, but it really hinges on consistency then and showing up regularly, doesn't and it? That's a point that I blanked on before was consistency. 
Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the algorithm and things on Instagram mm-hmm. in particular, the more consistently you're posting, the more likely your posts are going to start to show up. Right. Um, yeah, for people to see. So if yeah. you're posting once a week and you've got other studios posting daily, yeah, yeah the algorithm likes that. So how, how this was not on my question list, but how often should we be posting? I say for Instagram, I try and do one post a day. Yeah. Um, so like for my clients, I'll say six to seven posts scheduled a day, not a day, no. <laughs> a week. Um, but I sometimes will just do one on the weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then something I do as well as like a call to action post once yeah. a week. So. Okay. Um, when I had the studio, I used to do a $15 boost mm-hmm. on a um, call to action post every Wednesday. Okay. And, um, that brought in so many clients. Wow. Like, yeah. That just simple. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I invested $15 a week in my social yeah. media. Yeah. Which is nothing, is it? Because normally it was for some kind of paid pass. So if it was a, I don't know, three for $15 pass had one person and that's covered the cost for the whole. Yeah post so yeah yeah and mm. and I mean that's where I, I do see you know huge advantages in that it's very cost effective and it's so quick um you know you can have an idea and you can put it up or you could be better planned and you could plan out your um socials um I had a question now and I forgot what it was oh I know um so Instagram we're kind of talking Instagram because I know you love Instagram and I'm learning to love Instagram Um, But we should probably mention Facebook as well. Um, I'm, we have a joke in my family because, as you know, I've got three children. My oldest is 14 and then I've got a tween at 11 and then Liam at 8. And so um, Alana, my 14-year-old, she's all over, you know, anything that's got the word social in it, whether that's in real life or online. Um, so and she pays me out all the time because she's like oh mum you're so bad at Instagram um and I play up on it like the other day I put my story highlights like into highlights and so I said to her oh look Alana I've done my circles I've put my stories into the circles and she was just like mum you know I'm playing up on it (laughs) yeah but so is there do you see the benefit of doing both should we be doing both should we be doing the same things on both should we be just doing uh, different things, you know, like it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. Um, my big thing is if you're not doing social media, like it's not your thing, mm-hmm. do and do them well. Yeah. So I tend to go towards Instagram and Facebook yeah. as the main two. Yeah. Um, but like at the moment, you know, there's that stage where you have to be on Snapchat and then mm-hmm. now you have to be on TikTok and mm-hmm. just don't even go there if you can't, like you need to be able to manage your Instagram yeah. and Facebook well first. Um, yeah. I post similar things Good. on both, okay. but Phew. Instagram is more about the aesthetic and the look. Mm. Um, Facebook, you could go a little bit more content. Yeah. So sometimes I might, you know, share articles and things on Facebook, but I might sure. not share those on Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because, of course, you know, Instagram, you do have that beautiful feed, <laughs> like, and you can look at it and proudly, you know, like every now and then you can look at it and be like, oh, girl, that looks good. Yep. Whereas Facebook, there's just, you're not looking at your content as a collective. It's just, I feel like it's gone then, you know, because people scroll so fast, don't they? It's just, it's like, well, there it is and, and now it's gone. Um, I think 
you know, you're saying like do focus on the areas you're good at. And I know, um, and this is what I was going to say, is like with, with my 14-year-old, she pays me out because I'm not as good on Instagram, so I just ask her. Um, and, but I'm okay on Facebook. She's like, oh, that's because Facebook's for old people. Like, Thank you, Lana. That's lovely. Um, and so I do kind of use that thought and, and make sure the stuff I'm posting on Instagram is my teenagers that are watching as well as my young mums. Yep. That's what I'm finding. Like my mums of my three-year-olds, like they're on it. They're, you know, they, they're nailing it. Um, whereas kind of that middle section is still on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... If we're going, okay, we've got this, we're, we're meant to be planning this out, um, we, we've got that, now we're doing it once a day, but we're still overwhelmed. I know that when I've been speaking to dance studio owners before and I'm saying, well, maybe, you know, delegate your weaknesses because I'm all for using your strength and delegating your weaknesses or even not a weakness, just something that doesn't light you up. Um, there's a resistance to that. And some people say to me, oh, well, I've tried, but, you know, um, that person doesn't know my industry. And I think that's where you've, you've really got a great opportunity to nail your niche because you've lived it, you know, you're still teaching. What would you say to someone, you know, if they're sitting here next to me and I was saying, hey, maybe you should get Danny to, to manage your socials. And they're like, no, because she doesn't. Like, what is, how can we overcome that resistance? What would you say to someone, I guess, to go, no, 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 other people can do this for you. Like there's a control freak in this, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that as the control yeah. freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We unite um, here. I think it's really important whether it's um, myself who knows dance studios or even somebody else who maybe doesn't know the dance industry as well as just to build that relationship. Right. Um, they can do it, but it's about I invest a lot of time at the beginning because even though I know dance studios, every dance studio is different. Mm -hmm. So I've got, I, if I think of two that I um, manage at the moment, they're very different types of studios. So then mm -hmm. I need to understand both of those brands. So it's like oh. investing that time to get to know um, the studio owner, build a relationship, create a voice for the studio. Because yes. I can't be posting or whoever's managing a social can't be posting as them. They need to be speaking as if they're the dance studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, it's that building that relationship and finding someone who's willing to invest that time at the start to get to know yeah. your brand, to get to know um, what makes your clients tick. Mm. And then I could go on a completely different track there of do you know what makes your clients tick? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, you did just throw that curveball in. Because do you think perhaps maybe some of the the conundrum is that maybe the answer is no for some of us like I, I can tell you I do know what makes my clients tick because I am one um, but that has changed over time and and even um, like what makes our students tick you know I'm saying I'm trying to reach my students as well on Instagram that's I I've got a deeper understanding of that now because I have a 14 year old whereas I know I was off the mark before um, yeah so what can we do to, to know what makes our clients tick? Do you have any kind of um, hints? I guess? My first thing, again, is investing time, but I know we're all yeah. time poor. Um, yeah. But mm. really trying to create, like work out who your target market is if you're mm. trying to um, get new students through the door. You know, and it's right back to that basics of who are they, how old are they, 
what places are like what's um places are they visiting yeah. what um pages are they following on facebook what accounts yeah. are they following on instagram um, all that side of things and then your students i think it's just talking to them as well mm -hmm. like i know and probably most right now the students i teach at the studio are tiktok crazy yeah i, I stopped doing tiktok dances. oh my gosh yes yes um so like that kind of thing and kind of creating content on your Instagram that engages that kind of video and, you know, encourages them to share videos and their stories and tag you and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, doing that research, even surveying some of your mm. current families or just chatting to them, you know, finding out what they're interested in and things like mm. that. You've always got a few, I think, families who you may be a little bit closer to and you can ask those mm. questions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would hope that most people would have someone that they felt comfortable that they could just either ring up or take take out for coffee and say, you know, here's a number of areas that you could have a you could have a chat and have a, a number of areas that you could really dig deep about. And and I think there's some fear behind those kind of conversations sometimes. You know, we're like, oh yeah. like the word <laughs> survey, I don't know, I was like Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because humans a, a yeah. poll on your Facebook page could be easier, you know. What, well, I, yes, and that's almost less confronting, yeah. yeah. And all of those, I mean, how do you stay up to date? Because that's my other thing, I feel like I've just got a handle on something, or I don't want to look silly, Danny. Like, I don't want to look like a 40 year old. Even today, I was doing something on my Insta and I was trying to. Do a, and I was like, oh, if I get this wrong, Ayalana is going to pay the shit out of me, and I just don't want to look silly. Um, yeah. So how do you stay up to date? Do you just keep using it, and um, I guess trial and error? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking yeah, yeah. and answering the question there. Changing so much, yeah. like it's constantly changing. Um, I read a few blogs. So there's a right. few kind of different blogs I follow. It is being on it. I'm on it a lot. Yeah, just being on it. Just more than I it. want to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I think as well, it's just take getting rid of that fear and just like a post with maybe something that's not quite right is better than no post at all. Yeah, and I've yeah. deleted stuff too. Like you know, I've done it and it's not come out quite right, or it's had no. It's like just dropped and nothing's happening. It's just crickets chirping, nothing, and I'm like, oh, that's a bit embarrassing. So I just delete it like the worst case scenario is you can just delete it can't you and yeah. hope that nobody saw and <laughs> according to the insights sometimes nobody does <laughs> so if someone was to work if, if this has been really good for someone listening going yeah 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 I get it but I still don't feel like I can look after my pet as well as it, it needs to what could a social media consultant or a manager do? What are the kind of things that you do? So you would do the planning, you would do, would would people need to provide you with like the, the photos and you would do the rest? How does, like, how does that work for someone who's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm interested? So what I normally do is something like this to start with is have okay. a Zoom call yeah. and really chat and get to know the um, studio owner um, and what their kind of goals are um, yeah. so that we can really target that. Um, then each month we have a little catch-up call where we put together a plan for the following months. You um, like heading into this month coming up, a lot of people, you know, it's going into a new term. So we're trying mm -hmm. to get some enroll for term three type posts in there or mm. what classes aren't performing as well as you'd like. Can we 
try and boost those class numbers and things like that. Um, then I go away and actually even before, if I backtrack right back at the yeah. beginning, I always suggest getting someone in to do some photos. Yeah. If they don't have photos already. Um, I think that's a must. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I've got like a, um, all that I get the dance studio is to just dump a whole lot of photos on me. Yeah. And then I kind of go through and go, I can work with that one down the track and maybe not. Sure. And I yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a photo dump. Um, but quality photos are great if we can get mm. those. Um, I even say even your end of year dance concert, like normally you get a photographer in. Mm. And I had the studio, I've always said, you can manage all the photography and selling to the parents as long as I get a copy of every single yeah. photo. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And then you've got that kind of... Um, you're starting to get that gallery of photos. Yeah, and uh, massive amounts, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots to go through. <laughs> yeah, too many. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then I do all the content creation. Mm -hmm. At the start, I'll flick some back and say, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, till we kind of start to get that uh, groove, I guess. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then coming up with the copy and things like that, I schedule their posts for them. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of nitty-gritty things at the start setting it all up mm. But, um, mm. I think the main thing is one is knowing the brand the sort of dance yes. student knows the brand yes. and provide you know um font names and yep. they've got a font they use and the colors they use um to get that going some quality mm. photos and then kind of video stuff I like to just um, some of the, I'm in some dance studio owners teacher groups, so I'll just post in the group yeah. and say, "Hey, any teachers? Can you flick me some video content from your classes?" Yeah. Um, or other studio owners prefer to manage that themselves. And yeah, yeah. And um, I think um, you kind of just touched there. I was going to say it, it could be that I mean it doesn't have to be an all-in approach, does it? I like I I would find it would be really beneficial to have somebody plan out um, stuff for me and take that off my responsibility because it's so ongoing but then I have the freedom to fill in the gaps you know so when something happens that I like and, and we all have those moments where we might be videoing something in class and being like oh oh I need to share that with the world that was so good um but I'm not like doing it because oh I have to post something today I'm just like going oh I've got a gap you know, I've got my one post every day, but now I've got this video or something on the weekend. So it could work like that too, couldn't it? You could be doing like that consistent hard slog. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I always say to the studio owners, try not to do the sporadic post on Instagram. We're so go bad at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's always that strategy of trying to get things in the right place. And mm -hmm. like I always say, go crazy on your Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so whatever you want to put on your Instagram stories, go, go, go. Facebook, yeah. a little bit like, yeah, if you've got a cool video, pop it up in there. Yeah. Um, like the more the better. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, so a lot of the time the studio owners will post on their stories the current content and then yeah. maybe click it through and then because nice. I'm also reusing content yeah. so yeah. I might then schedule that video later on or I like I'll go, I've just got this cool video and I really want it in there can you fit yeah. it in yeah so that, and I can be like oh I've got a spare post on Sunday so we'll post it yeah okay cool oh I feel like that was gold I hope people wrote that down so yeah. don't be off the cuff on your grid plan <laughs> be strategic 
proactive. And if you want to be a little bit fly by the seat of your pants creative, then and and kind of I guess it's like in real time, isn't it? Then hit your Instagram stories. Okay. I actually yeah. find stories really fun. Like, yeah, I love stories. Yeah. <laughs> I just like all the stickers. <laughs> like a sti- yeah. It's like a sticker book for me. I'm like, I love it. And I love that, like, the stickers are changing all the time. And I'm like, whoa, oh, that's fancy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that better than my grid. I'm not going to lie. Cool. Yeah. All right. So if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? Easiest is Instagram, which is at onpoint.social. Cool. Um, and pretty much exactly the same on Facebook too. Excellent. All right. And then they can just uh, DM you or reach out that way and have a look at your work. Fantastic. Yeah. I would encourage them to do that. I think, I just feel like um, there is a DIY approach for a lot of things in dance studios. You know, like we kind of, we're time poor, but um, at the moment we're just poor, poor, but that's okay. Um, it will come back because we've been shut down. But yeah, there's kind of like this DIY approach to a lot of things mm. um, when you're a dance studio owner. And I don't know that that's always ideal because even in this short amount of time, you've kind of just dropped a few things, even like you didn't say them like they were amazing, like, oh, make sure you get this. You just kind of rattled them off and I was like, ooh, right? So. <laughs> Like, yeah, okay, I'm learning. Um, yeah, so I think there's so much value in, in using someone who is just focused on one area. And for us, focus really working like on the business rather than always in. And, and that's a catchphrase. We all use it all the time, but it's easier said than done. So I would definitely encourage people to, first of all, start following your page so they can get to know you, follow that little warm up exercise and, and then reach out. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much. That has I've learnt things. I'm feeling very pleased. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening to At the Bar with Jane and Mel. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. We would love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think, what topics you'd love us to cover, or any feedback you'd like to pass along. You can reach out to us both via the Dance Studio Success with Jane Gretsch Facebook page. Send us an inbox. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we hope that our podcast helps you as you navigate the highs and lows of dance studio ownership. You've been listening to another Morgan Media Production.